1: Good afternoon. Welcome to Sports, Nothing But Sports with Kent Sterling for Wednesday, October 16th, 2019. Brought to you by the great people at Today's Dentistry. Dr. Mike O'Neill is the best dentist I've ever known. That's why I recommend that you become his next new patient. Take my word for it. He is superb at what he does and how he does it. Give him a call. 317 849 29 The Indianapolis Colts back to work today. They got a big AFC South matchup coming up this weekend against the Houston Texans. That game at Lucas Oil Stadium, as will be the next four of five games for the Colts. If they can get this win and take first place in the AFC South, they got a hell of a chance to hang on because their next four opponents are going to be how about this? The Denver Broncos, the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, the Miami Dolphins, and then the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Jaguars completed a trade today, sending Jalen Ramsey to the Rams for two number ones and a fourth round pick in 2021. So the Jags are building for the future. The next four opponents after the Texans can be had by the Indianapolis Colts if they can get past this game. I think they got a hell of a chance to run the table the next four and be a dominant eight and two in the AFC South before they have to play the Tennessee Titans. Tennessee, they have uh, they have switch; co- they're going to uh, Ryan Tannehill instead of Marcus Mariota, and that change is going to cause them, uh, and, and we know that, we know who Ryan Tannehill is, for God's sake, that's going to cause problems. Really, this game, for all intents and purposes, could be for the AFC South Championship, and it's going to be played this weekend on October 20th. How about them apples? This is going to be a big weekend for your Indianapolis Colts, and it's been a big season, a big rookie year for Rocky Seen, a cornerback with the Colts. We talked about we talked to him about being a rookie and about pass interference and what the hell pass interference is. Here's Rocky's scene. Rock, as a rookie, how much do you learn week to week? I feel like I learn a lot, you know, every time every every game is a learning opportunity for me just trying to get better. Every one of the receivers is a little bit different, right? So getting ready to play against a DeAndre Hopkins is a little bit different from getting ready to play against any of the guys you've gone up against so far.
0: Yeah, definitely is. Yes. He's a physical receiver, really good receiver, uh, great ball skills, great awareness, great route runner, really good hands. So it's different going against him.
1: You like that? You like physical guys a little bit better than finesse guys? Uh, I feel like you know whoever's in front of me, you know I just go out and guard them the best to, to, to the best of my ability. Has anything surprised you so far? Five games in. Uh, no, I mean, I thought the coaches have, have, have coached us up to,
0: you know, uh, what to expect. You know, we know what to expect, and um, I thought we've done a good job of, you know,
1: reacting well. Do you know what pass interference is and what pass interference is not? Yeah. I, Do you? Because I don't, I, I, and I keep hearing that people don't. And I watch, and I think, well, that looks like interference. But it didn't. And then I think that doesn't look like interference, and it is.
0: Yeah, I mean, um, the referees call it how they call it. You know, anytime we're putting hands on a receiver after, after uh, five yards, it's illegal contact, and then if we're contacting them and restricting them when the ball is in the air, then it's pass interference.
1: That is a very good answer to what pass interference is. Yeah, it is. You helped me understand what it is. Do you explain it that way to the officials if they get a call wrong? I don't, I don't, I don't usually talk to <laughs> much of the officials. No talking to the officials yet? No, sir. You just quietly do your job. sir. Thanks, Rock. Appreciate it. That's Rocky. scene. Had an opportunity to kind of kick at the officials. He passed. That's good. That's what a rookie ought to do. He gave me the great textbook answer about what pass interference is. But I'll tell you what, after watching the NFL through six weeks, I don't know if anybody has a reason to be sure of what pass interference is, given the way the officials have called it. Jacoby Brissett, he spoke to the media today. The first question he was asked, he was asked about whether this is being portrayed by coaches as a bigger than usual game. It's, a, it's not, I wouldn't say just another
0: game because that sounds bad, but it, it is, uh, you know, uh, another game, even though that sounds bad, but it's not in those words of another game. Yeah. What have you seen from their defense, just watching them so far, what they're able to do against the Chiefs? Uh, I mean, just what they've done all year. Uh, you know, a, a, a bunch of good of guys that are, are playing at a very high level. Uh, you know, you can't you, – you can go through the film and you can point out so many guys that are playing well for them. Uh, you know, they're always in the right spot, uh, you know, making it very tough to beat them. You know, the games that you see have been, you know, really tough games. Uh, and, you know, they got to uh, – playing very disciplined right now. So, uh, you know, and, and – they're playing at a really high level and that's a reason why they're winning.
1: Every, every team's got the great players. Does J.J. Watt present a different level of challenge or not?
0: Uh, of course he's been at the top of the league, you know, since he's got in the league, uh, you know, and hasn't slowed down yet. So, you know, he's definitely a player that, you know, you gotta watch your eye on and uh, you know, understand where he is uh where he is on the field at all times.
1: So when you go out there you'll sort of as a quarterback locate where the county is.
0: Uh yeah. So to say, yeah. How talented is your offensive line? Nobody's missed a, a rep so far this year, which is remarkable. to See what they've been able to do. Uh, which is tough in this league, you know. Uh, you know the the consistency that we've had out, out of that group, and, and you know the toughness of you know they've battled injuries, uh, but you know they stayed together, uh, and uh, you know that's hard to do in the NFL, and, and uh, our guys are doing a good job of it, and you know I mean they're probably the strong suit of our team, uh, you know them in our D-line. Uh, so, you know, and everything starts with the line of scrimmage, uh, and, and they take pride in that. And we as a team take pride in that. Uh, so, you know, we go where they go.
1: Self-scouted yourself during the bye week. Things you liked, things you didn't like. From the. You want to hear
0: something one? funny? I knew you were going to ask that question. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what's the question?
1: When you self-scouted yourself during the bye week, what did you like? What what, what didn't you like about the first time? Uh,
0: we liked the wins and we hated the losses. Individual
1: for
0: you. Um, well, see, if I tell you that, then you write the the article, and then they read that, and then they know what. So, it's a matter of, you just probably got to watch next game and see the difference having we saw the tweet, what's it like having Andrew in the building, uh, over the bye week and stuff? I mean it, you mean it's me talking to Andrew, that's pretty normal. But I mean he I saw him, uh, but it was not like a how you guys made it seem but it was just me talking to Andrew.
1: You guys still turn about football a lot, or is it just more personal? Uh, Friends, mixture of both. Kind of,
0: yeah. Uh, it gets awkward when we talk about football, uh, because I don't want to talk about football when I leave here, and he doesn't want to talk about football. So, uh, sometimes we talk about stuff, obviously, because he played last year and and things like that. But for the most part, it's just more so personal things. How hard is it going against the Texans? Because they, you guys have seen each other back so many times. Time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's a division game, and those are always the toughest. Uh, and, you know, they know us so well. So it's, it's hard to say, like, are right, we going to go just out scheme them? It's more so, you know, we just got to play our football, play really good football for 60 minutes and, you know, go from there.
1: Since you've been here, why do you, why do you think T.Y. has been so successful against Houston?
0: Because T.Y. is good. And he's been successful <laughs> versus a lot of other players, a lot of other teams as well.
1: So it's one of those where you
0: don't overthink it. It's T.Y. Exactly. It's T.Y.
1: You were uh, you were on the sideline watching when, when Frank decided to kind of roll the dice and go for it on fourth and four. Given what we know about him now, it's not a big surprise. Last this is last year against Houston, I figured. Yeah, okay. I just wanted, just wanted to just make specific. sure. I know. I just yeah. want to make sure. Um, were you surprised at the time? And then obviously, like I said, like we've all kind of learned now that that's that's kind of the way Frank goes.
0: Yeah, I wasn't surprised at all because that's the the mo that Frank came in here with. You know, when we first sat on our first uh, you know office meeting, he pretty much said we're gonna go for a lot of fourth downs that a lot of people would question but I mean he doesn't question it and it forces us not to question it because we know that you know he believes in us
1: did you see that as as maybe a turning point for the team last year after after that play I know it was
0: after all- we went for it on fourth down yes was that a turning point no
1: no a lot of guys in here said it was you know it showed a lot of belief in the team and that he did that so I was wondering if you saw that as a turning
0: probably for them I mean I wasn't playing last year so uh it wasn't turning point for me it was the same thing for me
1: <laughs> you guys are perfect on fourth down this year do you find yourself when fourth down comes around like you almost hesitate not to go off the field like maybe other teams uh, do you think there's a good chance I, I wouldn't say
0: hesitate but it's more so like we understand like you know Frank is, does a good job of you know alerting us of when it's the right time for us to go forward and things like that so it's more so like when you want us to
1: do it you know so that sort of thing that's Colts quarterback Jacoby Brissett we mentioned a little bit earlier the trade that sent Jalen Ramsey from the Jacksonville Jaguars to the Los Angeles Rams the Rams in return send a number one in 2020 another number one in 2021 and a number four uh, a fourth round pick from 2021 back to Jacksonville I wrote today at KenSterling.com why Chris Ballard is never going to do a deal like this ever, ever, ever. He's never going to be on either end of this thing. The way that Chris Ballard works, he is very, very sober in the way he runs this franchise and builds the roster through the draft. He's committed to doing it with character guys. Jalen Ramsey is not going to wind up in Indianapolis. That's not the way this place works, and Chris Ballard is never going to be reactive to what's going on in the moment. He's never going to get emotional and never going to make a trade like the Rams made, where the Rams feel like maybe they're one piece away, so they go and get a guy like Jalen Ramsey, and then they return to Jacksonville two number ones. Chris Ballard's never going to do that. Chris Ballard does not become hysterical about anything. He is prudent always prudent as he builds this team it's brick by brick by brick by brick this is not going to be and you see it with free agency it's not going to be hey all of a sudden here's the deal that's going to put us over the top that doesn't happen in free agency what happens every year people in Indianapolis lose their minds a little bit because what Ballard does is he passes on free agents while franchises are in a bidding frenzy He waits until the prices come down. He doesn't mortgage the future to satisfy the present. This is in stark contrast to the way Ryan Grigson used to work. Ballard is going to build through the draft. He's going to do it brick by brick. brick. He's going to build a strong foundation of talent and character, and that's the way it's going to be. You're not going to get to a point in the season as the trade deadline looms just a couple of weeks away, less than a couple of weeks away on the 29th, where Ballard says, oh my God, we're just this away. And so, you know what? To hell with what's going to happen five years from now. Let's try to get that championship right now. That's just not the way he works. It's not the way his brain operates. He takes advantage of teams like that. He lets others do that kind of thing, get involved in that kind of idiocy. Chris Ballard is not going to be a party to it. Now, that's not to say that on occasion it doesn't work. You saw the Chicago Cubs in 2016. They traded Glaber Torres to the Yankees for Araldis Chapman. They had Aroldis Chapman for three months. They won a World Series. Now, Torres and Chapman might win another World Series for the New York Yankees. That doesn't bother the Cubs because they wanted to win that World Series. It had been 108 years since they had won a World Series. That's who the Cubs were. That was their defining thing. It's no longer their defining thing, and it's because in large part of that trade that was made at the trade deadline in 2016. So it can work, and that one worked for the Cubs. It worked for the Yankees, too. For the Colts. They're never going to get into that kind of stuff. This is a foundational build. Like we said, Chris Ballard, he does not become emo- emotional in the way he operates this team. And so it's going to be this kind of, it, it, nothing's going to be sexy. Nothing about this team and the way it's cobbled together is going to be sexy. They, the Colts are never going to win a news cycle on the NFL Network, on ESPN, on Fox Sports 1. That is not what the Colts are in this game for. They're not about winning news cycles. They're not about selling season tickets. They're about putting a great product on the field and putting together a roster of really, really good guys because, number one, that's the way you build sustained success. And, number two, this is a community that does not vibe well with, uh, with knuckleheads. So that locker room, you got no knuckleheads. I walk around the locker room with the Colts and with the Pacers, talk to all of those guys from time to time. And I'm telling you, these are all really good people. They may step out of line once in a while. I I don't want to start writing checks that these guys are going to have to cash with their good behavior, But talking to the Colts, talking to the Pacers, you're kind of talking to adults. You're talking to people who understand how fortunate they are to be where they are. And and that is one of the selective um, kind of priorities for Ballard and his staff. This Sunday, I think the Colts win this game, and I think they run the table with the next five, and they wind up 8-2 and two, and in a dominating position in the AFC South. Tomorrow, we're going to talk to the Butler Bulldogs about their season, their media day coming up. We'll be all over it. As always, you'll hear from it. Tomorrow, 3 o'clock, sports, nothing but sports. Tomorrow morning, of course, breakfast with Kent at 8 o'clock on Facebook Live. And then on Periscope Live, immediately thereafter at about 8.15. It's a show so nice, we do it twice. Join us, brought to you by the great people at Today's Dentistry. Give Dr. Mike O'Neill a call. 317-849-2933.